You're listening to the Mind Body Musings Podcast, the show where you can learn the most intricate details about the body, the mind, and how lifestyle choices link the two to create individual health for every shape and size. I'm fitness and nutrition expert Maddie Moon, here to enlighten you on how to live your life in a way that promotes satiation, thrivation, and self-appreciation. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey, welcome to the podcast, my lovely friends. This is episode 28. Yes, we are almost to episode 30. This is remarkable. I wasn't even sure that I'd get here, but here I am today, sitting in my amazing bedroom studio. Yeah, so you might be picturing that it's all fancy schmancy back here where I'm recording, but it's actually in my bedroom, so I'm that girl. But anyways, today we have a really exciting topic to talk about. It's very blunt. It's very out there in the open. It's going to make you feel a little bit vulnerable, and you're going to have to dig deep inside of yourself to really figure out how this can be applied to your life and how... Um, Whatever I'm talking about and how my words can really speak to you. So whatever you're doing, if you can just invest yourself in this podcast, if you're driving, just keep driving and focusing on the road, um, uh, if not more than the podcast. But if you are relaxing, please just take out a pen and paper and take notes on this podcast. I've never really called y'all to do that, but I kind of have a feeling that this might be one of those shows that you're going to want to remember and you're going to want to have notes about it. So Today, we're talking about why we have disordered eating, plain and simple. Why do we have disordered eating? What are the root causes? Where does it come from? Why do we make up this desire in our head and think that disordered eating is going to help us with our life and not harm us? You know, it's not something that's talked about all that often. I mean, I know in in my little sphere of um, body image wellness enthusiasts, then this kind of stuff is talked about a bit. Um, but the world you're in and your family and your friends and wherever you are in life, you might not be hearing all that much about this. And that's why I'm here. I'm here to reach as many people as I can to talk about this topic and to give you some insight on what I've learned. Um, I know it's really sensitive and it's a touchy subject, but to me, I love hearing about this and I love talking about this. And I'm sure you do too, because that's why you're listening to my show. So, Let's get started. Well, first of all, what's disordered eating? Um, A disordered eating can be an eating disorder, but it also kind of expands outside of that. See, for me, I'll never really say that I had an eating disorder because I don't think I did. I had disordered eating because my eating was very much so out of order, like literally, um, but also because I used eating to kind of massage other areas of my life and I think that's the root of what disordered eating is it's when eating is just not eating anymore it's something completely different it's a coping mechanism it's a strategy it's a distraction it's a comfort it's it's out of its proper place so eating is supposed to do some very very literal and emotional things for you it's supposed to bring you together with friends and family and it's supposed to give you you know, social events, make them more fun, but it's also supposed to give you fuel and energy. And that's totally lost for a lot of people that have this kind of mindset towards food. So number one, the number one, I mean, these aren't really in any particular order, but just kind of what came to me. 
to me, I think one of the biggest reasons that people have disordered eating is because they are not okay with their weight. And it goes much deeper than just the weight, but that's just step one. They're not okay with their weight. I don't know if you listened to the episode um, with Isabel Fox and Duke, episode number three, but she talks a lot about this. And I've actually gone back and been listening to this episode time and time again because it's so, so eye-opening. And even as I was sitting there and recording it with her, I wasn't really fully registering what she was saying. But now that I go back and I listen again and again, I understand it so much more clearly. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I beg you to go back after this episode and listen to what Isabel Fox and Duke has to say about emotional eating and our connection with uh, weight. So Number one, we're not okay with our weight. We're using food to control our weight. We're not really controlling our food. We're controlling our weight because there's an underlying fear that if we gain weight or if we maybe lose weight, then X, Y, and Z will happen. We're not thinking that our weight is going to control everything in our life, but we have this hope in our mind. We have this almost belief that we think that our weight When it fluctuates, it determines who we are as a person. Let me say something very loudly and clear. You are not your body. You have a body, but you are not your body. Your body might be 50 pounds bigger than you ever thought you would be, but you are the exact same person. The people that love you will always love you. Why do you think they love you? Do you think they love you because of your weight? Do you think you have your job because of your weight? Think about it. Think about the people that you love the most. Do you love them because of their weight? Do you even know their weight? Do you go in with them in the morning whenever they stand on the scale and see what their weight is and determine if you love them? No. No, not at all. And the same applies to this. But that's how you need to see your own body. It's not something that your your attitude towards your body and towards yourself should not fluctuate based on your weight, but I know that's very difficult. So my recommendation for this this number one is to throw out the scale. Throw out the food scale and the weight scale. Stop that morning ritual of weighing yourself because when you experience happiness from seeing a good number, then that will equally result in sadness when you see a bad number. And when I say bad and good, I'm, I don't mean weight loss and weight gain. I mean, I kind of mean that, but no, those aren't bad and good numbers. So it, it develops in our brain. We start to think that there's a good number and there's a bad number based on those emotions that we experience when we see the scale. The scale does not measure anything else besides weight. It does not measure happiness. It does not measure friendship. It does not measure purpose in life. It does does not measure your inner beauty doesn't measure any doesn't even measure outer beauty it measures absolutely nothing i mean even take me for example like i have been the same weight for a very long time whenever i don't diet or don't do anything i just stay the same weight very very comfortable weight very fine but i've reached a very low number before and i all of a sudden thought that needed to be my new number because if i got back to the weight that i am today and the weight that i my body normally wants to be at that meant i was a failure which is so so far from the truth To me, that actually means that I'm living life to the fullest because I'm too busy having fun, making friends, making moves, recording podcasts, having a job, coaching people. I'm too busy with all those things than to let my my weight distract me. It's just not an option anymore. No, it's not an option, but 
the best way to do that is to throw out the scale. So if you're kind of like listening and you're like, okay, yeah, I mean, I understand it'd be good if I threw out my scale, but I'm just not ready or that's not me. I'm not that focused on the scale. You, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are. Hate to tell you to you, but I'm making you feel a little bit vulnerable, making you have to really fess up to it. If you're listening to this podcast and you think that you don't really need to weigh yourself but you want to do it anyways then you probably need to get rid of it just try it I mean throw it away (laughs) so make the commitment get rid of your scale so you can stop looking at your number and then feel how much freer you feel it's surprising it will take you it will it will shock you how much more free you feel when you don't know what your weight is imagine if you didn't know what your age was Imagine living life never knowing what your age is and just knowing, taking every single day and just knowing that it's a blessing, living it to the fullest, never really knowing how many years you have left, how many years you've experienced. Does that scare you or sound kind of freeing? Because I was talking about this with a friend the other day and we decided that it would be very freeing. And I think that's the same way that it would be if we no longer looked at our weight every single day. We'd feel free. So that's number one. Number two kind of relates to that one. Well, it very much relates to that one. It goes a little bit deeper into not being okay with our weight. It's we're uncomfortable with the own, I'm sorry, we are uncomfortable with the unknown and our lack of control. Have you ever been just terrified because you knew that you didn't have control in a situation like losing a job or your kids going to college and they just were dedicated to it or... Um, not knowing what you're going to eat at that wedding that you are going to, or not knowing where you're going for that day because he's surprising you, not feeling like you're in control. And that comes from our deep desire to know everything, to be able to put everything in its place. And what we do in, to cope with this, to feel like we're in control, is find something we can control. Some, for some people, that is how drunk you are. For some people, that is how high you are. For some people, that is how many relationships you have or how many people you're dating. For some people, that's what you eat. That is a mechanism for coping with the lack of control and that uncomfortable feeling. There's not much you can actually physically do for this except for ex- like really, really diving deep into your your inner fears, what are you afraid of? Write it down. What are you doing to cope with your fears? Write it down. Take 30 days to really focus on that thing you're scared of happening and then start in, start to embrace the unknown. Start to experience things every single day that you didn't really expect. If you're a planner that plans out your entire week in advance down to the last T, maybe don't do that this week. I know, crazy. It's going to call for you to give up control, and that's not comfortable. I know, but your goal is to not plan your week and not take it out on your food, to be vulnerable, to experience life, because life is long, and there's going to be a lot of ups and downs, a lot of different days, a lot of different experiences, and if you're not going to be able to fully embrace each and every individual experience, you will not be living life to the fullest. That's a fact. Number three, which also ties in with two and one, is we're afraid. We are scared to death. We don't know what's going to happen. A lot of times in my coaching practice, I get clients who 
who come to me saying, you know, I, I, I keep controlling my food. I want to count calories. I'm obsessed with this. I, I can't stop counting and I can't stop looking at my stomach every morning. And I'm so rigid. I can't keep a relationship that every single time when we get together and we meet, we hash things out. It always comes down to being afraid of something. For some people, it is afraid of the unknown, like number two. For some people, it's afraid of going back into a cycle that you were once in. Or you're afraid of experiencing something you experienced when you were young. Or being told something that you were told when you were young. Someone leaving you. Someone telling you that you're not beautiful. And that scarred you. It's crazy how many times you can be complimented in a day. And then that one time that you are discouraged sticks with you the most. Do you have that experience? Because I know I do. And I have that every single day. But you have to know that you are capable beyond belief of true happiness. You are capable of mastering your disordered eating. You are more than equipped to start living your life today to the absolute fullest. You do not even need to listen to these podcasts to know that. You need to search inside yourself. You know you are full of so much potential bursting, coming to want, wanting to come out so, so, so badly, but you're afraid. What are you afraid of? I was talking to someone yesterday about what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid of a lot of things. I'm afraid of failing. And then what he said to me is, Madeline, think of the worst case scenario. Think of the absolute worst case scenario. And I did. I, th- I thought of the worst case scenario. And even then, there was still comfort and there were still loved ones around me. Even then, I had someone to catch me when I fell. Even then, I knew... If I failed, I would still be happy because I had a new experience. Think about what you are most scared of. I know it's a hard question. There might be lots of things. You might be thinking a ton of things you're scared of. But what is your biggest fear? Are you scared to gain weight? Are you scared to lose your your boyfriend or your girlfriend? Are you scared that someone's going to walk out of your life? Are you scared to not pay the bills next month? Think of the worst case scenario for these things. Write them down. And then think about what you would do if that worst case scenario came to life. What would you do? I can almost guarantee that every single one of you, when you write down something, you're going to realize that it's not as bad as it seems. And then, yeah, maybe you might realize this, and then tomorrow you'll kind of forget it, and then you'll, you'll start taking it out on your food again, and t- take it out on your way, and take it on your body. But when you combine all of these practices together that I'm talking about today, and you keep in mind all of these things that I'm discussing, all these reasons why we have disordered eating, they are going to come together and create something amazing. They are going to come together and you are going to realize that you can master this. There is nothing to be afraid of. Life, it is unexpected and it is unknown and it is scary, but that is part of life and that's why you are so, so lucky to be alive. So number four, number four on my list is, this one's a little less deep, but still just as valid. We, they, may have a type A personality. It's an all or nothing. This kind of person might get triggered by quotes like, all or nothing. Or if you go over to Pinterest and you see all these pictures of women who are displaying what health and fitness supposedly looks like. And there might be a quote on there that says something like, you know, never give up, never stop trying, or you're not done till you're dead, or like something ridiculously stupid like that, or I'll sleep when I'm dead, or um, let's see, what's another one? 
Uh, I mean, go big or go home. I mean, that's an old, simple one. But even that is, I mean, while these things are can be taken into context in a good light, go home or like go big or go home. Like that, that does make sense. I mean, if you're if you're really needing motivation and you have a very balanced approach to life and you're all about moderation, you understand. You're like, I'm gonna go big, yeah. But for some of us, for some of us, hearing go big or go home puts in their mind that they need to be part of that club. Yes, I know. Sounds weird. But there is this weird club of people that are better than other people. They have the idea they're better than other people. You watching them have the idea that they are better than other people. People who have six packs and say, you know, I have crazy willpower. Like, I'm too good for eating that food. I'm too smart for eating that food. That is their fallback reason every single day they just i mean it's a belief it's a belief like i am too good for that it's not they don't they we you know i've been there i'm not judging anyone but i'm saying like when i was like that i that was kind of a status thing for me that was my fallback i was missing almost everything else in life including relationships and happiness and um quality time with friends and family and my sanity so my fallback was i'm just too too good for that i'm too good for that i'm too good for that i have way too much willpower i'm strong i'm strong i'm strong and I had to say that out loud so that I would remember that. I mean, like, this is a funny story, but I was dating a guy once, once upon a time, but I was dating a guy and he always asked me if I like certain foods. Like, hey, do you like tacos? And this was like the beginning of our relationship. So he was trying to get to know me. And I was I was getting ready for, I think, my first show on this, this time. And my immediately my immediate reaction was like defense. Like, of course not. I'm Madeline. Like, I, I don't like tacos. Like, don't you understand? I only eat chicken breast and broccoli. Like, stop asking me. Like, I was offended almost, which was like really weird looking back and kind of funny. I remember one time he asked me through text messages if I liked falafels. And that's like the funniest word ever, falafel. I mean, just say it out loud. It's so funny. But he asked me if I like falafels. And I think that was just like my breaking point because deep, 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 deep down, I knew I am not this person that gets obsessed about food. I'm not this person that should have to keep defending myself and, and like cutting out other people out of my life because of food. Like I'm not this person, but what came out of my mouth was like, Oh my gosh, why are you asking me about like falafels? You know, I don't eat anything besides blah, blah, blah. Like I got to keep my six pack, blah, 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 blah. Don't you understand? Stop asking me. It was like, became this huge fight. It was like so embarrassing and stupid looking back. Also kind of funny because the words falafel, like I said, but that's what they're experiencing. So if you see people that like that, um, one girl, um, not King, her last name's King, Mariah King, I think, who did the no excuses picture, and then the kids, that's kind of what I'm talking about, not that I'm saying she's like that whatsoever, I do not know her at all, I don't read anything about her, I, I'm not including that, but I'm saying, like, some people are like that, they will say there are no excuses to look like this, everyone must look like this, there are no excuses, and then with some of these people, if you do approach them and say, hey, do you like pieces of cake, here's a piece of cake, they might be like, excuse me, like, no, because they might have a type A personality, going back to the whole point that I was talking about. Um, type A personality, all or nothing, 100% in. And if you have a type A personality and you're not going through this kind of thing, that's totally fine. That's awesome. Like, that's great. Like, oh, I'm type A and I'm currently not going through, like, this stuff because I worked my way out of it. But I definitely was there and I was spiraling down because I was so all or nothing and I fell into that idea of belonging to a group or a clique or um, that self-righteous little sphere of strong fitness people, that idea of them. 
Okay, so number five, we trust everyone but ourselves. So how many times have you reached out to a person and said, oh my goodness, I'm not making any progress at the gym and I really need to make some progress. This is what my diet looks like. This is how many calories I'm eating. I probably go to the gym four times a week and I'm trying really hard. I'm trying CrossFit, but that's not working. My sleep is really crappy. My relationship is sucking. I don't really know what's happening. And then you're you're reaching out to someone else and then you're asking them too and then person A said, well, what you should probably do is eat more carbohydrates and sleep more and take a day off from the gym. And then person B says, oh, you're doing everything right. How long have you been doing this? Only four months. Okay, well, you just need more time. Keep keep at it. Okay, how confusing is that? Asking person A and then person B and then uh, you probably even ask person C and then you're, you're, then you decide, okay, I'll just you know, look online on forums and figure this out for myself. So you go to a forum and then you see like a million different people saying, I'm right. You're right. You're wrong. This is right. He's right. She's right. We're all wrong. We need to stop doing this. It's confusing. I don't know. Well, that can be extremely, extremely tough and hard to deal with because you're trusting every other person. And guess what? What's the crazy thing about this? Every single person is different. And every single person thinks that what they do is the right way. So I'm telling you right now, if you're planning on reaching out to Sally and asking Sally, to help you with your program, make sure you really, 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 really know Sally, trust Sally, and th- thirdly, trust yourself to know that if Sally is leaving you astray, you can back away. Do not put all of your trust in another person. I mean, it's one thing to be coached, and that is a good thing. I'm saying if you have a coach, that's good, as long as the person is not telling you to starve yourself when you are saying you are hungry. And in that case, you're probably doing something very, very, very wrong because you should not be starving yourself in order to live life beautifully. We trust everyone but ourselves. The point is that you need to start trusting yourself. If you are hungry, go with it. You're hungry. Your body's telling you what to do. The sooner you can start trusting yourself and saying, okay, I'm hungry. I'm going to obey myself. The sooner you will have food freedom and you will be free from disordered eating. The problem with with not trusting yourself right now is you're actually causing disordered eating because you're not going with your primal instincts. You know we are animals, correct? We are animals. We get hungry for a reason. We want carbohydrates for a reason. We need fat for a reason. Start to trust yourself and stop putting your trust in everybody else. If you're being coached, okay, work with your coach and listen to what they have to say. And if you pick the right coach, they will lead you to amazing things. But I'm going to tell you right now, There are a lot of people out there that call themselves a coach and have no clue what they're doing. You know, you don't need need like a certificate to say you're a coach. So you need to do your research. That's one beautiful thing about being able to be a coach. You don't need a certificate. So amazing people who have lots of different ambitions and can really help people can become coaches. But then at the same time, there are people out there that really don't know what they're doing and maybe they've done one uh, they've helped one person to lose weight and they had to take extremes for that person so they think extremes works for everyone do your research and trust yourself all right sixth reason the final reason is we need a distraction life is tough i totally get that life is not easy there are a lot of ups and downs in, in life in one week you could lose your job you could lose your relationship you could gain weight, you could run out of money, you could do all those things. But the next week, you could see a family ne- member you didn't know you'd see again. Or you could travel. 
or you could find a whole bunch of money or make a whole bunch of money, write a book, learn a language. You can do so many things in a short amount of time if you really put your mind to it and you really want it. But a lot of times we don't focus our energy and our time into creating something and instead we accidentally end up destroying something. We're so overwhelmed with the pressures of life and the stress of life that we decide we need a distraction from it. And a lot of times we take that out on our bodies. Our distraction is taking it out on our food. And so for this one, I call you to write a list of things that you have wanted to always do or want to do right now in your life and actually do them. I know, I know you're busy, you've got stuff going on, but maybe that's the problem. Maybe you're too busy. Maybe you have too much stuff going on that's unnecessary. Maybe you have a really hard time saying no and respecting yourself. Maybe you say yes to everything and help everyone, but don't focus on your your alone time and your thinking time. Just the me time. Everyone needs me time. Don't be afraid to take your me time. If you take your me time, you might actually save yourself from creating more disordered eating habits because you honor yourself, you respect yourself, you love yourself enough to give yourself that time. So those are my top six reasons for why we have disordered eating. And if any of those rang true to you and you feel like talking to me about it, please feel free to reach out to me at mindbodymusings at gmail.com. I'm always open to answer questions and to help people. And I'd also like to mention that right now I am I have full registration open for four weeks of body freedom starting January 19th. You can sign up anytime between now and January 18th. The program starts on January 19th. This program is kind of based for people that are doing everything that is in this list that we talked about today. If you're suffering from any kind of disordered eating, this program is for you. This program is not a weight loss program. This program is a listen to your body program. This is a love yourself program. This is a learn to become back in touch with your intuition program. Be mindful. There's something I like to call food freedom. And there's something I like to call food prison. If you're experiencing food prison, this program is probably right up your alley. It's four weeks long. It will have weekly lessons and you can see all of those online at www.mindbodyusings.com slash body dash freedom dash and you can sign up there and feel free to ask me any questions whatsoever i've got quite a few spots open i've got lots of spots open and i'm not even sure really if i'm going to cap it at this point because we're having a pretty good response and i want to get as many people in this program as possible we're going to cover everything from um, the big carb versus fat debate versus counting calories versus intuitive eating, mindful eating, why we have disordered eating and emotional eating, stuff even beyond what we talked about today. So if you're interested in checking that out, please go to my website and you'll see four weeks to body freedom. I hope to see you there. Thanks again for listening, friends. I'm Maddie Moon, and you have been enjoying the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please be sure to rate and review it in the iTunes store as well as subscribe. Also, please remember I'm glad to continue the conversation on my website, mindbodymusings.com, where you can also sign up for my free ebook. 
How to Love Your Body Again, 10 Easy Steps to Stop Sacrificing and Start Living. I created this book to help everyone that struggles with body image, dieting, overtraining, and negative self-esteem to learn how to not only accept who you are, but love who you are. This is coming from an ex-fitness model and bikini competitor, so trust me, I know what it's like to have those struggles and to want to be rid of them. So please, if any of that sounds good, head on over to moonfitness.net and sign up. Thanks for listening.